All right, here we are with the Warrior Poet Podcast. I'm here with my longtime friend, actually, Mitch Schultz, uh, the man responsible for bringing you DMT, the spirit molecule, and many fine other features in the future, I'm sure, after, after speaking with him. How are you doing today, Mitch? I'm doing great, brother. Thanks for having me on. It's good to see you again, too. It has been a bit. It has been, yeah. We had the pleasure of catching up for lunch uh, last week and thought we would do this podcast here, especially since I'm uh, fresh off my last trip to Peru, drinking, uh, <laughs> drinking the, the brew, the vine of death, as they say, down there. And uh, certainly Mitch um, is, is well-versed in those waters as well, and uh, thought it would be an interesting conversation that we could have here. I look forward to it. Let's, let's do this. All right, all right. So I guess, you know, a lot of us have seen, um, have seen DMT, the spirit molecule, and, uh, you know, I think you do a great job of giving the lay of the land, speaking to a lot of experts on there. But what is, what is your voice on the subject? What is your opinion on, you know, what is this molecule? You know, what is its purpose? <laughs> what makes it, why do we all have it? Why is it there? What is, what is your particular Wow. Let's just go with the big one up front. Let's not ease into this thing, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't fuck around Let's on the word. Okay, podcast. that's perfect. We only got an hour here, Mitch. <laughs> we well, it's an it. interesting question. I thought a lot about that just from the first time that I tried DMT. But then once we started shooting, some of my biggest, I don't want to call them revelations, but just kind of insights into my own personal perspective was sitting there and going through all the footage. We had about 100 hours of 50 interviewees that were just absolutely amazing, all articulate. They could all spell out things that, even if they were just kind of theory at this point, they wanted to, you know, you yeah. wanted to believe it. You know? yeah, You're like, sure. damn, this is great. This, right. is, this is gold. Um, but I think this is what a big part of it is. I think each one of us needs to have these very particular perspectives to it, a personal way of dealing with these and kind of creating our, a new myth. So I've been trying to do the same thing for myself and look at my past events in my life, mm-hmm. uh, where I am now and what's going on hopefully in the future, or at least, you know, some projections of that. And so I try to relate myself in space time right now. Like I try right. to be here and now from all that. Um, I do think it does have extra dimensional capabilities. I think it does kind of open up the filters across the board and some more than others, but you can go through and you can start to look at the different layers of yourself, the different layers of culture, the different layers of society, the different layers of everything around you yeah. um, and see life and all that. So I think it does give you this insight to the broader sense, but what it really comes back to is how are we dealing with those experiences once we come back? Um, how are we understanding them? How are we talking about those to our friends and our family? Um, and how is it making us move through the world differently? Yeah, I think, so, you know, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying there, but I, I get a feeling with DMT that, you know, what you, what you just said could be applied to most, you know, psychoactive entheogens. You know, you could say that about mushrooms, you could say that about a lot of things. But there does seem to be something a little bit special about this molecule. You know, I mean, I've, I've journeyed on a, a variety of different plants and, and talked about a lot of them. And each have a really strong value, you know, and I, and I think that they all have their place. But that, you know, when you really get somewhere on DMT, like I did actually more so the first journey I went down there, down there to Peru. When you get to that place, you realize it's fucking different. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's some other... Some other area you're getting to that's just yeah. not quite the same as just kind of changing your you know your cognitive filter as Aldous Huxley would say and allowing more you know awe to get in and uh there just seems to be something a little different there well okay I was yeah you went with the big question first I tried to massage it <laughs> now I'm, okay we'll go there man I love it all right <laughs> um 
Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think the big part about it to me, and this is one thing I kept looking at over and over and asking questions about, it's everywhere. You know, right. for one, this thing is throughout nature, potentially in every living organism. You stop and think about that alone. It's like you have this common molecular connection. So it's not just this theoretical new age hippie shit anymore. There really is something to being fully connected on some level. You know, yep. there are these different realities that run throughout. Um, different energies that are pouring throughout. So yeah, there is a different element to it. You get down, and I, th I feel like you go back down into very basic fractal structures that make up our physicality from, from energy. And mm -hmm. DMT is a part of that. It's a building block. It allows you to create that next step. And then, it, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it is special. And, and yeah. that's just, you know, very basic things of scratching the surface with what this thing could be. Um, because people have huge cathartic emotional breaks, um, you know, positive yep. and, and, and can be negative, but, um, well, negative, physical negative, healings at the, and negative at the time, negative at the time. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's clarify that because you know, people are coming back from this and it's, and it's an amazing experience for most people. Yeah. Um, it really is. And it's changing people. So that's the other part about it too, is it almost just kind of resets a hard drive for you. You get to go back and look through all this corrupted data that you've had, you right. know, all the way back down into your, into the backs of your mind and you're like, Oh shit. Okay. I need to go through the software update real quick. Let's get out of this thing. And then you're back out and there's kind of this freshness that is all around yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that, that is something special. It really is. When you can have something like that, that quick change your whole perspective on everything around you. Hell yeah. It yeah. is a huge thing. I think that, you know, certainly one thing about the ayahuasca is the physical reset that you get that's that's very unique mm -hmm. um as well i mean i think you can get a mental reset from you know psilocybin and certainly a boga has a full kind of paradigm shifting element to it but physically you know you're pretty much the same dude <laughs> that you were when you came out but with ayahuasca in particular and i think that's part of the medicinal part of the ayahuasca rather than just dmt and we'll talk a little bit more about that but there is that very physical reset as well mm -hmm. as the mental reset which is part of what makes makes that special Mm -hmm. But then going back a little bit to, you know, DMT being a part of every living organism. Have you had a chance to read uh, Narby's uh, Cosmic Serpent? Wonderful. Yeah. Amazing, amazing work. I, I tell people to read that all the time because it's a lot of people do know about it, but it's a book that I think a lot of people could get something out of. Um, and it's an approachable. I mean, it's a little out there, but it's approachable for people. There, there's some, some very logical steps um, that he takes and very logical connections that he sees. And it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. What there, was your experience with? Well, you know, I, I really enjoyed reading that book. I think it, you know, really opens up a lot of, uh, a lot of different possibilities to how mm. you view the interconnectedness of life, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. making that, that kind of, classic image that we wanted to believe so much from avatar where you know everything was connected through awa and mm -hmm. everything was all unified which you feel on ayahuasca i mean you feel that to the core the, my last journey that's what it was all about it was three hours of sleeping on the belly of the earth with bugs crawling in and out of me i mean the whole hut disappeared the people who were losing their mind around me yeah. and shitting and vomiting all that was a different world and i was just connected with some primeval forest and just being like grounded and humbled right there yeah. and that was you know that was a pretty remarkable state and i think that interconnectedness that you feel um you know it makes you want to believe something like what narby's theory was and basically mm -hmm. narby was saying that um but he was actually talking about and this was the distinction i was going to draw he was actually talking about dna being that part that communicates between all life and dna mm -hmm. actually having 
almost a, a life force of its own that's kind of um, connected every person and it communicates through light, I think was his mm. ultimate theory. And there's some, some scientific evidence to that. Um, but, you know, it seemed like there's also the element of DMT being a part of every living thing. And perhaps that being the thing that kind of unifies life and separates it from non-life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting where both of those theories could potentially, they're getting at the same thing, but they're, they diverge in as far as what, what Narby was saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the, in the, you know, from my own personal experience, there have been kind of a collection of um, experiences that I didn't have the bright visual colors and typical fractal patterns that were going on. I felt like I went back through DNA and you'll hear this occasionally. Some people have that sense of going back, but it's almost like I got to read my own story that this thing was already kind of written and DMT was opening up the book and allowing me to kind of go back and piece these little things together. These, these little stories that had been created through my experience. And, and it felt very real that you're going back and seeing this energetic life force that had been building up from the time I was born through this thing. And it was, it felt like it was connected to it. It really did. But then the other connection too, looking at, you know, the traditional serpents that go through and Jeremy, this is what Jeremy was talking about as right. well. Um, you know, how come you have these mystical structures and these kind of huge archetypes of snakes intertwining? Um, down in down in Peru, and you see a lot of that um, under sure. the influence of ayahuasca, but even around the world, you know, serpents are pretty common um, yeah. amongst a lot of myths so yeah you know there's just so much of that that you just want to chew on yeah but it is it's fascinating it seems it really like is. you know dna is an amazing way to contain and pack information and it seems like dmt might be the way that we read it that might mm-hmm. be the rosetta stone that might be the reader that can unpack this kind of infinite knowledge that's available in the in the dna and i think narby's kind of getting at that and i think we're kind of maybe synthesizing a little bit of it on the fly right here. (laughs) You know, I'm not sure exactly where the, where the boundaries of what we're saying, what he's saying lie in this matter. But, (laughs) but, uh, you know, that certainly seems to make sense because it does seem like you act, you know, you're not just accessing your own mind, minds, Mm. thoughts, and images. You know, I think, think in this last experience, you know, I had a a pretty poignant experience with this giant dragon Hmm. that came to visit me, you know? And so I was telling my experience to my friend, Bodie Miller, who was down there with me. And uh, he didn't have much of an experience from it. He's kind of a horse, and I don't think the brew is <laughs> quite strong enough to give him the visuals. Give him a gallon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Exactly. He should have chugged more of the bottle, but that wasn't part of the program. But, uh, but you know, I mean, in his, his paradigm, these, these, uh, these visions that you have are constructions of your own mind, mm. like purely constructions of your own mind, and a way for your subconscious to teach you things that it normally couldn't um, just by telling you or by you thinking about it. And, you know, I hear what he's saying, and that's mm. certainly possible. But when you're talking to some disembodied spirit like this mm. giant dragon who is challenging me on some of my most important beliefs, it really doesn't feel like yourself. You know, it feels like you're accessing, if not another being on its own, at least some other wisdom that's a separate part of you. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people, I'm sure, you know, most of the people you interviewed have a similar kind of feeling after after dmt i would suppose yeah and it's you know common stories across the board and that's the other thing that's interesting about it if it is linked through all life on some level and people have very similar experiences whether they're just manifestations of the mind um that are just these holograms or they actually are entities i don't think it matters uh, because they're having some drastic effects and it is a way for consciousness to kind of potentially deal with itself Um, i think it's both and a lot of people are like 
is it your brain just making these things up? Is this your brain on drugs? Or right. are you actually going to other realms and seeing other dimensions? I think it's a combination of the two. I mean, our physical sense is definitely connected throughout. And so if your mind is breaking this down and seeing it like this, then it's also getting influenced by what else is out there and what it's connected to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you believe in evolution, there are a lot of people that still don't, but I'm just going to go there and say... I don't think say, they're listening. I don't think they're listening right to the Warrior Power Podcast. Um, I, think, I think we've filtered those people okay. successfully out. Well, if, that, if you haven't yet, I'm going to do it now. Um, <laughs> but, if you know, we, coming through that, I mean, we, there is. Life has developed, you know, from what we can tell anyways, from a very single cell organism and all the yeah. way through to a variety and multiplicity of beautiful, beautiful things. But we carry that genetic code in a very basic structure all the way back to that. So it has, it's a self-replicating kind of uh, software program and it's, and it still builds and it still has that knowledge, I think, deep down inside of itself. Mm -hmm. um, we're a lot more complex than that and our brains are working on other, le other levels, but it's still there. I think it is, you know, if, again, if you believe in evolution and if you don't, then I don't know, give me a call sometime. Yeah. Let's talk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So there's a couple, there's a couple elements there. I mean, there's the, the whole collective consciousness of all of life and being able to go back. And that's something that even, um, even the aboga shamans talk about, mm, is being able okay. to access memories from the beginning of, beginning of life. And mm -hmm. that's what the most advanced aboga shamans will say, is that they can access the memories of, I guess they're really talking about DNA, they don't use the mm -hmm. word, but they access the memories of all life since the beginning mm -hmm. of time. And that's mm -hmm. like the, that's them kind of showing off, I think, <laughs> a little bit. That's what they say when they get to be, get to be masters. And th there's a couple things, you know, that it's a bit of a macho kind of tradition, mm -hmm. the aboga thing. And, you know, instead of just finding their spirit animal, they got to find it and fight it and kill it, you know, before <laughs> it becomes them. It's, Meet them some, in the next dimension <laughs> yeah, and do it again and again. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Has, it has some of that element, but that's, <laughs> that's kind of what they're, what they're talking about. But then, uh, and I certainly believe that that's, that's possible. I mean, there's so much information that can be coded in this, in the DNA and so little of it is actually, do we actually know what the hell it's used for? I mean, the amount that actually con controls the expression of our genes is some fractional percentage. And then the rest they call junk DNA or they have some other names for it. But, um, you know, really interesting tidbit on that. Um, I've been looking a lot into language and trying to get a sense and, Dennis McKenna actually mentioned this to me. There's a, a, a law called Zipp's Law, um, discovered by a linguist that looks at this proportional dimension of every human language. So the first word in the language that's used the most happens twice as much as the second, three times as much as the third, so on and so forth. They found that same proportional connection in our DNA lettering or structure. Yep. Um, and they find that throughout this junk DNA. Yep. Um, so what is that? You know, yeah. is there like this deep message that's actually implanted inside of us um, that maybe we can rediscover or discover once we're at a certain level of technological expertise or being able to sequence that genome? And so, yeah, I mean, what kind of crazy crap is it to say it's junk DNA? It's pretty arrogant. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't know what it is. It must be junk. Yeah. You know, so that law is actually, it's called Zips law, Z-I-P-F. It's a little hard to understand that. I actually saw uh, Graham Hancock did a, did oh, a bit. Talk about it. He talked about that a bit in one of his books and, uh, and that was pretty eye-opening for me as well. It's fascinating kind stuff. Of, uh, kind of finding that. So perhaps, you know, all of the, the experiences of, past life is coded in our DNA. And this mm -hmm. is accessing that infinite wisdom from that knowledge. 
But then there's also the other possibility, which is certainly what the jungle shamans, the kind of paradigm that they've mm. constructed, in which case we are basically imagined like a toothpick through the layers of an onion, and those are the different dimensions, you know? So we're used to occupying our consciousness on the third, fourth dimension, whatever, space-time. You know, that's where we kind of have our consciousness. But there's other parts of our, you know, infinite spirit and, you know, life force that is connected through the other dimensions, and they mm. think they're nine. That's kind of their paradigm that they have. Um, and so when I had my experience, they said, well, you know, I was accessing the eighth dimension. Well, from the eighth dimension, you can access basically all different parts of everybody else's toothpick, if you want to put it that way, or all different parts of life. And so, you know, the, the, the idea of whether this knowledge is coming from some past coded collective experience that's in the, coded in our DNA, and then the DMT is kind of accessing that code you know, using it as a translation, or whether we're just transcending, you know, our current dimension and accessing wisdom from an alternate dimension that's not dependent on prior knowledge or life. I mean, is it one or the other? Is it both? It's it's kind of hard to say. It's it's a really, I mean, yeah. who knows at that point we're getting... We're, figure that we're out. I want to be on the team, dude, because it's going to take <laughs> off. Like, that's going to be on a whole other level. Yeah, yeah but, it's, but it's, it goes deep from there. But then, so then, you know, if, if you're talking about the entities themselves, mm -hmm. you know, they consider these entities of a different dimension, different dimensional entities, non-physical entities. So like the dragon for example they would place that in the sixth dimension at least in the paradigm from uh from the maestro i was working with so a sixth dimensional entity non you know non-physical and it comes and you know it's there to teach you and show you mm -hmm. shit and i don't know what it does i don't know what it does when it's not teaching and showing shit i mean does it does it hump i mean what is <laughs> what does it do in its dimension does it eat does it you know, why I mean, didn't those, you ask those questions, man? Like, <laughs> I don't that, know. Those would have been next time you're there and you see the dragon, dude, you should totally ask him, Hey, I, what do you do in the off time? You know, <laughs> what do you do when it's summer comes around you need some time to kick it and I'm not here. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause it seems like all they do is teach, but they, yeah. if they existed, you got to figure they can't be teaching all the time. You know? Yeah. So, so anybody out there experiencing a non-dimensional being, ask it what it's doing for just, yeah, just for shits. You know, those are important things we should probably start thinking about bringing back, you know, like if this communication is taking place, if it really is, yeah. you know, let's just say it is. Um, we need to get past that awe point and start saying, hey, <laughs> what's happening? And, yeah. you know, building that consciousness, too, if it, if it is going that way, you know? I agree. Yeah. So simple questions, people. Don't ask the big life things. Like, they don't want to know. Just ask, <laughs> ask, ask what they do. Yeah, everybody's so worried. <laughs> what are you here to teach me? Yeah. Why don't we interview them instead? Yeah, exactly. I love that. Maybe we'll get one on the podcast. <laughs> That's deep. That would be good. That would be great. That would be great. I don't know. We won't do that. Though. Have to Let's... do it live from Peru. Yeah, exactly. What I was saying before, it is. before the authorities come, come pay us, a, pay I, us a small visit. I think there's something to that. I really do see this as other dimensional beings. And I think there are, you know, we live in a very small framework as human beings. We hear a certain frequency, we see a certain thing. I mean, it's, it's super limited to what we have. Um, and the biggest thing that I learned from my DMT experience, the very first one, when I came back, all of the prior experiences that I'd ever had that were strange, where I had had dreams of flying or seeing entities or any sort of supernatural event that you just didn't talk about, mm -hmm. especially as a kid. And I had some of these, like, some of my earliest memories. And holding those for so long and not being able to communicate those, it became yep. a burden after a while. Sure. And right at the point of 
kind of coming back to this consensus reality from that first DMT experience, every one of those things disappeared. It was like, this is, this is it. And that's okay. Now, you know that. And that was the most beautiful part about all that. I think was yeah. being able to say, okay, I'm comfortable with all that. And I, I have my own relationship to it. And I think, I think it's there. And it felt like it showed me it's all right. I'm yeah, living through was... a sea of goo and enjoy <laughs> it, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> There's so many different, you know, personal things that you get out of this experience. I think, you know, one of the overriding ones that, that everybody gets is that removal from the fear of death. I think mm -hmm. that is, you know, one of the reasons why they call it the vine of death mm -hmm. uh, is because that's a very common theme that it takes. Because I guess that's the basic, most human fear that all of us kind of hold. And I think it's something that shackles um, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. uh, one of the reasons why a lot of people are drawn to this, drawn to this work is, you know, conquering that fear of death. And, you know, I actually watched, um, I watched uh, Ray Kurzweil's documentary, Transcendent mm -hmm. Man. Have you seen that? I have not seen it yet. Very, very interesting. Obviously, Kurzweil is a total genius. Yeah. You know, like, no doubt about that. I mean, just look at what he's created, what he's done. Mm -hmm. But his, the overriding force in his life is a dreadful fear of death. Yeah. And yeah. what and what he's done, he obviously knows, you know, he's smart enough to know not to ask, you know, sweet baby Jesus, let me live forever. <laughs> you know, that's not going to cut it for him. So he's trying to create technologies that are going to allow him to live forever. And he's, yeah. he wants to live on through some kind of cyborg machine human, you know, hybrid mm -hmm. that he's trying to kind of push the technological future towards so that he can he can do that. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, there's a and and he's also, you know, he has issues um, with his father having died and he wasn't there and he wants to kind of get take his father's memories from his brain and be able to project them somewhere so he can like come to terms with his father well, but but the thing is you know with all of his genius he's missing some technologies that have been around for thousands of years that could help him do that mm -hmm. you know i mean yeah. ayahuasca is a technology that could help him get over that fear of death and realize that you know once we're done with this meat sack it's just on to something <laughs> else you know it's like nothing to be that nothing to be that terrified of and you know same thing with his father particularly a boga is extremely powerful technology mm -hmm. for getting you in touch with now again is this a question are you accessing your own memory of them or are you accessing their god self or their higher part of their spirit tough to say but it's a very vibrant access to whoever you want they're to one talk and the to. same yeah they're, they're one and the same yeah. i think yeah. yeah whoever you want to talk to dead or alive mm -hmm. you know you can talk to the infinite part of their self and have a very lively conversation where they'll crack jokes at you, they'll make fun of you, they'll talk to you, and they're all happy seemingly in that dimension too. It's it's a very interesting experience that I had on a boga, but you know, this kind of sad poetry of this man who's a complete genius, yeah. but is missing some very basic things that would totally change his paradigm. You know, and how allow do we get to, him. How do, how do you want to call him up? Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, though, we should. We I, should. I think it'd be great. Yeah, and there's some weirdness. I mean, weirdness to it. Who might say weirdness? But um, there's that driving force of, of that fear of death. But it also kind of creates this, you know, romanticized utopia on the other side. Like I'm going to be able to live forever, and I've right. got this. And and that's that's a little frightening too, because that can also turn into this, you know, comic book superhero thing almost, right. where there is this can be the, the bad guy, you know, and I don't mean him necessarily, no, but there's look, just there the is, ideals that are behind that right. and kind of the driving force of one thing ends up turning into a fetish almost on the other side. Yeah. You know? I mean, there was a little so. Dr. Freeze in him, yeah. you know, like yeah. that kind of idea where he's trying to preserve himself forever through these machines. And it's just kind of, 
you know, it's like he's struggling so hard. You know, I must, you know, conquer, conquer. Well, hey, buddy, like it's yeah. going to happen anyways. Yeah. You know, like chill out. Like it's, you're there, you know, and, uh, and it's just something something like ayahuasca could free him from that. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's interesting what, what the work he's doing. I, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot that's amazing and so beneficial and, and wonderful. The Age of Spiritual Machines, have you read that? It was no. his early book really about AI mm-hmm. and... Uh, Nails it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, you know, you're just like, wow, yeah. this really, you know, is here and it's around us at all times. So you know, there's some insight that that man has that oh, absolutely. is so far ahead of absolutely. where we are. So. He's, a, he's an yeah. absolute genius. You know, there's just no, no denying that. You know, I think, um, you know, thinking about his thoughts on singularity, I think that, you know, he kind of views singularity as where man and machine kind of merge and become... Mm-hmm. In, indistinguishable to a certain part. We know the nanotechnology becomes a part of us, and yeah, maybe. And I don't just I don't quite see that as ever really. I mean, I think once you actually truly believe in the infinite nature of the soul, you know, you can't ever really make the next leap to say, yeah, a machine's going to have that. You know, it just can't. However, you know, I don't know. I'll I'll go ahead. I'll uh, (laughs) I'll play devil's advocate here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Please, please. Um, You know, however, I do think that a machine could basically merge with us and handle all of all of our immune function, you know, necessities, all of our energy necessities and all of our computation necessities. Mm -hmm. You know, certainly. I mean, those parts could be outsourced. You know, I don't think that that's that's particularly necessary. But I think for me, the real singularity would happen when the spirit could consciously choose which body that it entered in and out without having any that memory loss that's, or that's, anything like that. That's the point where it's yeah. like the, the singularity it's happens. It's the software, really. And yeah. actually, Criswell says that more in the AI book. It's not going to be this robot that comes and takes us over. This is a, It's a interconnected brain that starts to be able to, to learn. And I, I think that can happen. And I, and I think that we're kind of... I don't think our ancient, ancient animal ancestors um, had the forethought of they were becoming human beings. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying this is the case. It's just some things that I've been sure. thinking about. Oh, but could we potentially be at that same place now of creating this next level, this kind of transcendent body level of consciousness through technology, through writing softwares that are doing kind of what we do, but also an extension of that at the same time. You know, is there a life force that we're putting into that? And I think, you know, Ray's going towards that, but I think that we could potentially he's going, argue he's that. He's going towards it, but I feel like it's the wrong way. Like, I look at the internet really being this, the global consciousness. I, I right. do see it, and it seems so, maybe a little cliche at this point, but I, there's something to that, having all the world's knowledge there. Now, whether those connections are fully being made, but I, I think they are through different algorithms, um, those are the sorts of things that our computational brain does. Um, mm-hmm. And once you start looking at these larger computers and cloud systems and being able to pull in a lot of these different aspects, layer them on top of one another, see the patterns, you start to see how reality gets built up. Um, yeah. And so that potentially could be this growing entity of us. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Throwing it out there. Could we'll be. see. Could be. You know, could Chris be. is doubting right now. <laughs> I'm doubting myself now with this look. But okay, we're going to roll with it. <laughs> No, I think that's, I mean, it's good to get the, uh, it's good to get the other side of the possibility of it. I guess for me, I just feel like there's, there's another category. There's a way that we should be going and that way. If you want to try and get to that part of the singularity, you gotta, you gotta get, become masters of 
you know, the spirit and these other extra consciousness mechanisms. You know what I mean? It's, I think it's like there's the technological way to get there, which is going to, I just don't think that'll ever transcend the computation and, you know, function, form and function kind of methodology but maybe maybe we do need to outsource that so we have 500 years to do nothing else <laughs> just but take that. take you know ayahuasca and fucking figure the rest out but you know i think like i just feel like there's you know there's a breakthrough that can happen but that breakthrough is going to happen through you know spiritual work and spiritual technology perhaps you know finding That's... the way to synthesize the exact best delivery mechanism of DMT instead mm -hmm. of just fucking brewing a bunch of plants yeah, and you know, up together. I mean, <laughs> the technological aspect of this hasn't evolved in See, thousands of and years. This is what I think it is. It's going to be more, when we get away from this more arrogant and, and quite honestly, mm -hmm. male dominated approach to technology mm -hmm. and, and there's some of this cool stuff going on. It's, it's biomimicry. You know, we'll start looking into nature and seeing what that spirit is and being able to play with that and mimic that again, software, so to speak, within a different system, but through this kind of electronic network that we're building here, I think we could see a lot of those benefits because you can kind of maybe instill that spirit, but also do it in a way that's not like dominate, dominate, yeah. dominate, yeah. and, you know, knowledge, knowledge, data, this is all mine, this is all mine, <laughs> right. uh, control, power, control, power, you know, opening it up, you know, it is an open source, this, we walk through a huge open source reality machine, and most people just sit back and let other people kind of determine what that is and we have the ability to go out there and start playing with these tools and making our own realities yeah. um, and so and the technology is helping in that regard in certain yeah. ways you know sure. being able to do that and maybe it's just the beginnings of it but well I think yeah. there's been a, there's been a giant you know just as the church back in the renaissance retarded mm -hmm. the growth of technology because mm -hmm. of fear and because of their deal you know and people had to basically take risk of life and limb risk of being burned at the stake to run you know experiments and write theses that could push the field forward i think we're in the same kind of environment now where the area where we could experience the most growth are in technologies which are being suppressed by the government you know i mean i think there's some studies that are being done and getting approved but the amount that could be done if this was legal not only just by scientists but by everyday people experimenting and Real geniuses, like imagine. I can only imagine what Ray Kurzweil would come up with if he took, you know, a couple grams of a boga. Holy shit! You know, mm -hmm. unlocking that kind of mind on this. Mm -hmm. But those minds tend to be the ones that are, you know, they'll follow these kind of government dogmas that'll prevent them from doing that. I think yeah. we've gotten lucky in certain circumstances where a Graham Hancock will come along and take yeah. it. You know, and, it always and, happens in the underground, man. And it's yeah. the, it's the counterculture that's that's making everything move and happen as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And once it gets to that main level, psh, okay, there's a brand new underculture that's coming up and it's yeah. going to be something totally different than what we ever thought it was before. And I think a lot of those systems, you get these people that get on this certain level and they're kind of taking those things, but it's really, it happens here. And that's what's happening with ayahuasca and psychedelics yeah. in general. It's this whole culture that's it's really building back up and it's, it's happening exploring in again. Spite of, in spite of the restrictions, yeah. which is even yeah. more powerful. And, yeah. and I guess in some regards, perhaps, some of these restrictions can create a more cohesive kind of powerful group, like a resistance kind of mentality, you know, the kind mm -hmm. of, but, but still overall i mean the amount of help and benefit to society and everything that could be and also just the growth that could be made by getting the you know access to all the best and brightest mm -hmm. you know to allow to allow them to experiment with this i think it's just a real fucking shame yeah you know yeah, i mean it's it like who knows i mean i mean just the, the amount of it's like saying 
you know, it's now there's like a basketball court. Just use a basketball example. You know, it's like with it illegal. You know, mm-hmm. you have to go out and seek a basketball court somewhere. You know, and only a couple <laughs> people will play, right? So like the games that you're actually going to get and the quality of players, you're not going to get LeBron James. You know, it's not going to come <laughs> yeah. on, right? Because there's not enough courts. But you put a court in everybody's backyard. Well, pretty soon, you know, yeah. LeBron fucking James shows up. You know, and then the LeBron James of of ayahuasca psychedelics and stuff that can really take this and be like you know i can get to the fucking eighth dimension and i can move shit and it'll be tangible and it'll really change you know change the game Mm -hmm. you know and do that reliably and come back with knowledge talk to these spirits and say you know hey you are a disembodied what do you do in your opera and like flip (laughs) the script you know i mean like right now it's just the the amount the sample size of people that are able to access that is just small and Mm -hmm. i think it's growing Mm -hmm. the consciousness is growing but you know it's growing in spite of this massive restrictive pressure and uh, i think you know maybe part of what this whole consciousness that's coming i think it might be all connected i think you know part of us knows that we need to you know throw off those old that old bullshit that oppressive tyranny yeah. that's keeping us from expanding our mind i mean nobody is taking ayahuasca or iboga just for fun and for shits <laughs> like it doesn't no pun intended yeah, right no pun no, intended yeah. it's not fun like <laughs> yeah like why why i mean yep. the only reason to make it illegal is they're scared mm-hmm. you know they're scared of what the consciousness might shift if it does it mm-hmm. you know i mean it's just it's and so, like i said so it's, it's gonna happen in spite yeah. of it and you know i i love the idea that ayahuasca herself has this consciousness and she's spreading herself um, around the world to make the difference. And I trust in that spirit more than I do these systems that we built up. And I, I, I think, I think that will ultimately win out. I think it will you know? prevail too. It will. I mean, because yeah. the other, the other system is clearly not self-sustaining. I mean, mm-hmm. we're seeing the cracks in the facade now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the cracks are just going to spread and hopefully it's not this fucking violent, you know, violent situation where we're yeah. you know down to, you know, guns, dogs, and zombies. bullets, and yeah. zombies. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> I kind of look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. hopefully it goes a little more gradual, but there's going to be kind of, you know, like in any earthquake, you know, when it first shifts, the mm-hmm. plates shift, it gets stuck, and then there's a harsh overreaction, and then it kind of settles out with a bunch of aftershocks. Mm-hmm. I, I don't imagine that there won't be some big rift that kind of comes when this goes, because you can see the water start pouring through the dam. Mm-hmm. here pretty soon you know i mean these these consciousness and like you said maybe it's the spirit of ayahuasca herself she wants to be heard yeah you know she yeah. needs it she knows the world's sick yeah. and it's the master medicine and the master medicine wants to heal you know and mother earth is recorrecting herself correcting <laughs> itself and you know yeah. we just happen to be there and she needs to reset us a little bit so i think that's it i do yeah yeah so here's another just to change the topic slightly you know i think um um, we t- we had to talk about this a little bit at lunch. You know, for those people who are interested in you know kind of getting the gifts of of DMT, mm-hmm. um, we talked about the difference between uh, smoking it and then drinking it in a brew like mm-hmm. ayahuasca. So uh, without me kind of jumping all over it, what are your what are your initial initial thoughts on on that? Um, I like the natural medicine. Um, I like the intention. I like the preparation that goes into it. There's, it's, it's been really interesting to see how this whole culture has opened up over the last few years, man. And it is everywhere now. It's, um, sometimes frightening to see how everywhere it is, especially when you're looking at the festival scene and being on the dance floor or, um, it's strange to me to even think about that, but, um, it's happening. Um, it's happening nonetheless. So, um, I don't think that's the best way to go about it. I really think that you're going to get more out of the experience and 
not only just the right set and setting there, but also just how quick the DMT experience is compared to the ayahuasca. You're not you're going to come back more in shock than you will having some kind of bigger life questions possibly answered. Right. Um, so I, I've had my experiences on both. Uh, that's why I made the film. But I really think it's the natural medicine, and I like the intention behind it. And going through the dieta, and going through a thought process of meditation, and really, you know, asking those bigger questions. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I think the way it goes in and out. You know, I, I've I've also you know done both. Obviously, drunk ayahuasca a lot more frequently, but um, DMT gets you so deep so fast. Yeah. You know, it's like you just boom, like pop through this other world. And you're like, holy yeah. shit, what the fuck is this? Where am I? What is going on? And then you're like checking stuff out and wisdom's coming. You're, you're getting this download. And then some big hook like the gong show comes and takes you and yanks you back through. And you're like, Jesus, I'm back. What the fuck? Like, you know, like you got a, somebody there and they're like, what, what happened? What happened? You're like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Stop asking me. It's yeah. been like two minutes and I've been to seven worlds. Like settle the fuck down. You know, I mean, it's this crazy kind of run that, that just happens so fast. Yeah. Whereas ayahuasca, you're on this kind of slow climb, you know, steady build. And then you crest and you hang out at the crest for a while. And then you're coming back down and everybody has a chance to kind of, you know, all the information has a chance to download. Plus, you yeah. get the, you know, the powerful physical benefits from it. Yeah. Um, you can either go through um, a lot of therapy and love <laughs> or you can go through an ass kicking. So. <laughs> It's really up to yeah. you, you know, it's the shock and awe kind of thing. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, you'll get more out of it, I think, with the natural medicine. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a preferable way to do it. Mm. You know, there's, um, you know, again, with the technologies, it's just, uh, you know, the way that they make the ayahuasca is, uh, is uh, you know, combining two different plants. One is an MAOI and one is a, um, one is a DMT-containing leaf called chacruna. Um, Obviously, there's many ways that one could go about uh, creating an ayahuasca brew, you know, and I think there's, I think you mentioned, um, you know, you had, you knew somebody from Australia and they were interested in, in ayahuasca and, um, you know, they got the message, hey, you can make this brew yourself with plants that grow locally in, in your environment, you know, and yeah. that would be the, the Syrian rue and the mimosa hostilis, the acacia plant. And, um, and so, you know, I think there's, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much more that, you know, obviously ayahuasca has the traditional, you know, use and it's in the jungle and it's still mm -hmm. legal down there. Um, but, you know, there's just so many other avenues for exploration on how to really, you know, get this kind of exact reproducible experience in a variety of, with a variety of different plants. And, yeah. and you know, I'm, I have no doubt that those medicines, even though they'll have a similar kind of effect will have their own wisdoms to it, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. an own part of the medicine, you know, what part of, what part of Syrian rue and, and acacia, you know, what, what wisdom, what spirit does that carry? Yeah. You know, is it the oh, same yeah. spirit as ayahuasca or is it different? You know, I mean, and those questions aren't answered. It's I think it's, I, I have experienced the acacia um, compared to, you know, the mimosa, and I would say it's a completely different signature. It's very similar and yeah. it has a lot of those characteristics that, that, that are parallel, but Completely different spirit. Yeah. Different look, different feel, taste, smell, all the synesthesia together, even multiple ones. But yeah, it, it has a different sense. And so those plants, I think, do. They have a different signature to them. So I would, I am curious to try this blend that they have over there. Yeah. Uh, or that I, people are working sure. with over there. There's a, it's a, yeah. 
Yeah, interesting yeah, I, stuff. I, I agree. Interesting I agree. Stuff. And I yeah. think, you know, I mean, basically the, the combination can be reproduced probably on most every continent, you mm-hmm. know, I would say. I, mm-hmm. I don't know that for sure. Uh, and obviously a caveat, a caveat here. If you're, if you're trying to experiment yourself, be very, very fucking careful because an MAOI uh, basically prevents the breakdown of both good and bad things. So you have to be very careful with your diet. Make sure you're not on any SSRIs or any kind of pharmaceuticals or anything like that. Even certain fermented products. Don't like, do not do it, for one. Yeah. Um, educate yourself. Yeah, really, really educate, educate yourself. yourself. Arrowwood is a wonderful place to go visit. Uh, Arrowwood.org, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Check great resource, great yeah. resource. But, um, but you know, so so anyway, so don't just, you know, take this and say, ah, oh, you know, warrior poets saying to explore willy-nilly. No, definitely not. I mean, do tons of research Mitch and says figure don't, it out. So for Mitch the record. Says, Mitch says don't. Yeah, I opened up Pandora's box, and now I'm telling you don't. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyways, yeah, I mean, I just... But, you know, there will be pioneers that are going to go out and they're going to do this the right way and, and, uh, and kind of figure this out. And it's just, um, I'm interested to see where that, you know, where that can go, mm-hmm. you know, like where all of this can be. Because, you know, one of the things that was challenging about this last ayahuasca experience is, you know, the DMT content can vary dramatically between yeah. different harvests and different leaves. And it was pretty clear to me that this brew I had this year was not as potent as the one I had last okay. year. Because we had about 50 people take it both times in, within the whole group. And in last time, I mean, the thought of drinking a second cup, people were like, second cup, you fucking animal, you're crazy. <laughs> like, like, don't, don't be silly. Yeah, don't be silly. You know, in mm. one cup, you were gone. I mean, the snakes, mm. the chrysanthemum, the kaleidoscope, everything hits you like, yeah. like irrepressible. And everybody had that experience. This time... It was very subtle, and there was people going back for third cups. Now you know, like, and you know, yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah, I was kind of. It wasn't just. It just didn't seem to have that kind of potency um, that it could. And, and that's part of the part of the dis- deal with dealing mm-hmm. with these natural plants. I mean, I think in, in any of these, you know, the DMT content can vary dramatically, and yeah. Um, yeah. it's one of the challenges when you go when you go down to Peru or something like that to um, to kind of get a reproducible experience it's just yeah. you have the tradition there which is beautiful in the Icaros and some of the things that are you know you could never never replace yeah. but as far as the, like the consistency for you know scientific type of exploration you're just not going to find that quite yet mm-hmm. you know that kind of experience so I'd be interested to see you know if in the future if the rules change and if things open up you know getting a little more fine-tuned with that you know mm-hmm. ha- being able to test the leaf that's used. And, and there is some kind of romance that's lost in the scientific approach. I understand that. Sure. But sure. there's also a situation like, you know, I brought my friend Bodie Miller down there to experience it and he wanted a vision quest. He wanted to see shit. He wanted to talk to a dragon too. And he didn't, and, you know, and it's really because this, the brew didn't have the high enough levels of DMT. Well, and there's probably, you know, that. I think there's also some other things to that as well. Um, I think our, our minds play a role in that. Sure. Um, I think the people around can play a role in that. Um, even yeah. the shaman themselves can play a role in that. And, and some of our Western minds do not fit the, that, that whole model down there is completely True. different, um, a completely different uh, access point to reality. And sometimes it can be difficult to kind of break through there. And sometimes it takes a little bit more. And when people go down and romanticize about it and think, I want to go have some visions, <laughs> that's typically when it doesn't necessarily, well... Yeah, it just it, it's not going to do the Maybe. same thing to you. Sometimes Maybe. it can slap you across the face, and you'll <laughs> learn something. Yeah, but it's I still I think it's common a lot of times that people don't really get what they think they're going to get out of it. Sure, you know, sure. or there's a little disappointment, or 
You know, it's one of those things, and this is why I like the natural medicine as well. You you have to work with it. It's you true. Know, it's you have not to build just a, a one-time shop. You know, come on in, boom. Now I'm 100% better. No, it's it takes time. It I get you. I get you. And and I guess you know, and that's a very reasonable perspective. I guess for me, was it the same want, shaman? By the way, same, same shaman. Same, okay, same shaman. You know, and did he have a different look in his eye? Or was <laughs> no, there anything no. like? <laughs> what the no. fuck with these people, man? <laughs> No, it was, you know, everything was the same. Same setting, same okay, shaman, okay. same ceremony space, same... Different aya. Same different aya. Yep. You know, okay. you could just... And you could almost taste it, actually. You know, the, t- hmm. the taste was a little different. Uh, I guess for me, you know, I want to be able to have an experience where I could bring, you know, anybody down there and know roughly what they're going to get. I fucking... I'm, I just... I hear what you're saying about the... I hear what you're saying about, you know, the different situation. That's what That was what all the talk was in the whole thing. Sure. Well, you know, you get what... <laughs> You get what you need, you know, and, <laughs> Great. All, and all this stuff. Yeah, I sound like a beetle. <laughs> you, you, there's a lot of that talk, and that's, it's all very valid. You know, I sure, think sure, that sure. the medicine is still working, whether you have the visions or not. I get all that. But there was a feeling that the rocket fuel just was not igniting like it did the last time. Like, yeah. it just, I could drink a half cup the last. I'm, you know, relatively the same dude. I have relatively yeah. the same ideas. A mm. half cup in, you know, 2011 was was snakes and visions and shit like this. I, it took me two cups yeah. without purging to get there. I mean, what it was, was just the, like... Uh, what was the group like that you guys were down there with? Same same group, a lot of you? Yeah. Or was there... Okay, so there's a lot of yes. the same people that were there last time. Okay. Uh, same type of people. Same type of people. Same okay. type of people, not the same okay. people. There but were there a lot of newbies or a yeah. lot of... Okay. A lot of newbies, a lot of newbies, both a lot times, of fear, or, both times. Okay. A lot of people who couldn't handle it yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know... Because that's always interesting how the shaman's interpreting the group. And, you know, medicine's going to be distributed completely different and used different. So that's, you know, I was just curious the group how was, that plays in there. That was, certainly could be a factor because yeah. last time the group couldn't handle the strength of the medicine. Okay, no doubt. Okay. They were flipping out. One person yeah. tried to... It was it was crazy. I mean, yeah. there's this lady there's this lady who spent... And the last time I went, she spent two hours saying the same thing over and there, oh, over wow. and over again. And it was, living, huh? it was, it was, I can't tell if I actually shit my pants or if I imagined I shit my pants. <laughs> for, two hours, for two yeah. hours. Yeah. yeah. And, There's, so, and that's the thing. Those so time loops can be tough, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I was in an experience um, in Peru with um, a guy from Iquitos, um, a Peruvian, and he... <laughs> He was studying to be a painter with Pablo Marengo, who's a wonderful, wonderful visionary uh-huh. down there. But he, and he, this guy was right next to me, and he kept cursing Mother Ayahuasca. He kept telling Mother Ayahuasca to fuck herself. <laughs> it, it was intense, but that Whoa. was the same sort of loop. And it was, you know, after a while, it just becomes part of the drumbeat. So you're, yeah, just, yeah. you're like, all right, I'm going to roll with this now. But it, it, can, uh, it can be a little intense for people, to say the least. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I had a feeling that the shamans maybe intentionally dialed some of that back because the, the group, yeah. the group itself, couldn't really, couldn't really hang with the uh, with the intensity the last time. Yeah. And this one, even still, people were were having some very tough experiences. I mean, these are people who are, you know, they're they're trying to seek and they're trying to learn, but they're from a very kind of soft new age paradigm. Yeah. And uh, I think the softness of their paradigm these aren't these aren't adventurers and warriors. Mm-hmm. These are people who are trying to fix problems in their life yeah. uh, and finding solutions and and taking a real risk and a real chance, which is certainly displaying a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not the type of you know type of people who can handle uh, a massive you know a massive kind of head DMT. Crack. yeah head crack <laughs> exactly exactly. So th- that that's certainly a part of it, I yeah. guess I guess as well. So as far as um, you know, what are some, uh, do you have any, uh, any particular 
interesting stories you've heard since the uh, since the the documentary that you've thought you know this would be something cool to add, but you're already in the can with your uh, with your documentary. Anything? Oh, that as far as a new a new, new documentary stuff. stuff. Well, no, no, yeah. just new stories or new oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like after you've published the documentary, anything else that that's come up that you could kind of add to that or any experiences? Well, I, one of the thing that we're we're doing with all the footage um, is this DMT remix project. So I'm curious how other people are starting to tell these stories. You know, we put together an hour and fifteen minute film, but we have hundred hours of great interview footage, and there are so many stories within that. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the little videos that people are starting to make and put out there they're clever and they're 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 thoughtful you know it's not just a bunch of trippers kind of putting stuff together yeah um but there's this huge push right now a huge renaissance about psychedelic work so there's documentaries coming out all the time about iboga um been approached for some ayahuasca stuff um i think i'm moving away from psychedelics for a little while as far as documentaries but there's a huge explosion sure. so there's a lot of, and a lot of new research that's coming up because of all that um, and MAPS is starting to do some amazing work and get yeah. that stuff out there um, so the stories I guess keep kind of piling up and people are talking about it a lot more it's in the New York Times it was on the uh, Sunday Magazine in the New York Times several months ago you know a huge push on on psychedelics yeah well there's some, there's some good research coming out you know so, johns hopkins was doing some good mm-hmm, stuff obviously mm-hmm. maps is doing some good stuff maps what is maps doing by the way besides their uh, mdma research with ptsd are they MDMA, they, i think they're starting to look at doing some iboga stuff okay um, that makes i don't know sense. where that's going quite yet but i think that's, that's a, on I their mean, agenda that's a fucking shoe in i mean the, yeah the, the ability for a boga to kick you know kind of um you know, it's, Cody it's morphine, yeah. in yeah, so and, many ways. And heroin addiction is just yeah. is just crazy. I mean, After one experience, one experience, you know, you're ninety percent success rate. It's it's and traditional methods are like sub ten percent. You know, it's, well, and you just start like looking at all the different areas that that affects not just one individual's life, but you have family structures and you have this emotional baggage that's get carried on and. Ipoga can make a huge difference in a lot of people's lives, and I don't, it doesn't make much sense that not even Canada starting to do some studies, but the U.S. is well. It's legal. It's close. legal in Canada. Legal in Canada. They're, they're using it for treatment, right? Yeah, they legal in it. Canada okay. and legal in the U.K. Yeah, but you know, and to make Ipoga illegal in the U.S. is so preposterous. I yeah. mean. It is such a miserable experience. Yeah. <laughs> like physically miserable. Yeah. Like no one is going to take this. Making a plant illegal is the most crazy. ridiculous it's thing. It's so ever. crazy, yeah. right? You know, it's like yeah. I always I always think to myself like I want to like get a cop. This is this is really what I want to do. I want to get a cop to walk with me to a cow patty that has some mushrooms on it. Mm. <laughs> and I want, him, I want him to tell me exactly when it becomes illegal. <laughs> so I'm going to like stand by the cow patty. Picking it. That's it. I mean, what if I like, just, like touch it? If you just rub it, <laughs> sorry, could you step away from the shit? Stop <laughs> playing with it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, when when does he? When do we, when do I get arrested? You know, I mean, it's well. Like, there were some laws that were happening over in Australia recently. And I don't know what all's passed, but I mean, part of the the new law and the new the new standard was if you go and collect leaves that have fallen off the ground from an acacia, that can be intent. So from picking <laughs> up a leaf, essentially, it can that can essentially get you arrested. Now I don't know if that's happened over there yet but that was part of the talk and it was you know because they're starting to become aware of how much dmt is out there especially in australia the acacia has massive amounts of it and 5-meo at the same time so it's yeah yeah all sorts but it's interesting when does it become illegal you know what yeah it's, the, the when i put it into my mouth i mean thank you it's my body i'll do what i damn well please but <laughs> yeah i mean fundamentally there's that <laughs> don't huge, get me going with that <laughs> yeah there's that whole huge issue about yeah. them telling us what we should do with ourselves <laughs> in multiple different situations but just 
the idea of a plant that grows naturally being illegal is yeah. so fucking stupid. And you know, right now with even you know, obviously there's the whole marijuana issue, but even the hemp issue. Yeah. I mean, we can't grow motherfucking hemp. Yeah. In the U.S. It's, it's, because they're so scared. Yeah. And so basically, you know, I'm coming out with and hemp protein is you know it's off amazing. the charts yeah. as far as uh, you know the omegas and the different components of albumin and adestrin and the beneficial effects of human muscle. So Onnit's coming out with a product that's going to be a hemp protein, but we got to get it from fucking Canada. You know, and there's all kind. There's like a shortage, and there's a big wow. sourcing issue, and it's like a fully sustainable crop with tons of uses. And you know, it's and just, there, there's no psychoactive properties. No, to, none. <laughs> to none. Hemp. Yeah. To the, yeah, you grow the male. That was plant. part of the propaganda speak, and it, it, it's still stuck to this day. It's amazing how that's how that's held. Yeah, and it's just it's I scary, mean, actually. <laughs> and, and yet, so many intelligent people can talk about this. Yeah, you know, but then at the, the, end, the end of the day, we're all kind of participating in this in this system that's you know still like still there's people who will argue with these points i don't even know how they argue with i just think they change the subject now yeah you know or just or just say something to an audience that can't respond because there's the logic is gone yeah Yeah. they're just not they're not supported by anything yeah you know anymore guns bro guns guns and (laughs) they got got guns and money there is that but (laughs) but yeah absolutely i mean force it you know no doubt but it's i these old older power structures and and those are collapsing quickly um i think a lot of it's already happened in some ways you know um Yeah. yeah the hemp thing is probably a little bit behind but the medical marijuana it's yeah, medical marijuana should just be done. It should just be for recreational purposes. I mean, let's just yeah, all be right. <laughs> upfront and honest. Um, so, but they're cracking down on that. They're like going the opposite way. I yeah. Mean, what, I the, mean, what the fuck are they doing? I don't think it can happen. It's too late. The floodgates are open. <laughs> they, it's been you know, too late. Yeah. The Supreme Court is, you know, giving the UDV and potentially the Santo Daime the, the right to drink ayahuasca as a sacrament, which they should. Um, yes. So and these little very, precedents very, are starting so, so to happen. Um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yes. so for the people who don't know what's going on there, there's two different uh, churches. The the Church of Santo Daime and the, something, the, the veg, Vegetalisas. Yeah, <laughs> Uni de Vegetal, I believe. And I'm probably butchering that alone, but yeah, yeah, Union with the Vegetable or the Plant. Yep, so anyways, they they take ayahuasca as a sacrament and as part of their religious beliefs, and they've actually won some very important Supreme Court cases to allow the use of ayahuasca here in in the U.S. Right. Well, the the UDV has, um, uh-huh. and that that was granted to them. It's a small organization. The Santo Daime is growing quite a bit, and I know they were in case in the in the state Supreme Court. Don't think it's gone to the national Supreme Court yet. They're U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah. But the precedent's there. I mean, the Native American Church said it with peyote usage um, for their sacrament. UDV used that same case, um, and so now you know, as law works, you know, you have these things laid there, and if the argument goes well, then they should be fine. So. Yeah. So then, then we just need an aboga church, and we need a mushroom church. And we need. <laughs> I really want to get church. away from the idea of church, man. Like, why do we even have to put a church structure on it? I like, guess that's it's such just an the, old. It, and it was smart, you know. The, the people that went to to war for the, for the Native American church, that was it, you know. In church, it was like, here's how we're going to be able to sell this to this structure. You know, yeah. it's a church, but. My goal would be, let's just, you know, we'll get rid of oh, the yeah, church obviously. and we'll call it whatever. Yeah, obviously, you know, but I, we got to find ways to kind of backdoor our way into the system Absolutely. to a certain yep. degree, you know, and at least in that case, you know, I mean, what is, what are the real requirements of a church anyways? You know, yeah. I mean, it gets, all gets really fuzzy at that point. It really mm-hmm. could just be a place where you go to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody, and you could get a branch, you know, get a new pastor, which would be a shaman and then, yeah. you know, have places where you can take this stuff legally all over and then maybe have 
sacraments you can take home for home for home prayer or, <laughs> you know, for, for whatever i don't know how it has to happen but i think it has to happen i mean there's a lot of sickness in the in the world that i think could be easily fixed by by these medicines that no. you know whatever your religious and spiritual beliefs are you know it's hard to get away from the idea that these plants are here for a reason or at least can be utilized for extreme value to ourselves and uh they're here with us and if it is you know if you do have a spiritual or even religious belief i think most of those would be that this life around us is part of us yeah at least on some level um and they're not just here by happen chance you know god or however you interpret that put everything here for a reason and they interact with us (laughs) you know they interact with us so why are we able to experience that well there's got to be some potential i think there is a reason behind it you know yeah Uh, it's yeah go out and check it out people yeah so what do you say we only got about we got about five minutes here to wrap up but you know i still get emails and things from people who you know thank me for sharing my experience Mm. but are still still carry a lot of fear about experiencing the other side so what do you what do you what's what you know what do you tell these people who are still carrying a lot of fear about kind of letting letting go and and experiencing some of these medicines trust trust yourself if you if you have that fear then don't don't push it you know it's all it's going to do is is open up a can of worms you don't want to be a part of um if you are considering experience go educate yourself as much as possible um, but really, I think it's really about trusting your heart, man, and trusting like, okay, I feel like I'm comfortable to go there. But how do you know what is, how do you know what is that self-limiting kind of bad fear, that part of you that's, you know, keeping you from experiencing what you should versus the good fear, which is danger. Yeah. You know what I mean? How do you, but, how do people yeah, separate that? You know? I, I, th- I really believe that everybody knows that for themselves. You know, I think that each one of us has that very basic you know, structure of who we are. And we'll know whether that's like, I don't ever want to do that or I'm scared. You'll know. Um, I really think so tune in. So mention advice, tune in, tune in. Yeah. Tune in, figure out, (laughs) rotate the head, get it, get, find the right thing. You'll know. I I think, um, there's that, there's that point of, okay, you know, nothing else makes, well, I shouldn't say it that way, but I'm ready. I think, I think you will know. Um, and, and if you don't, you'll know very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> if you have that opportunity, because I didn't know the first time, and I, yeah, <laughs> you jumped over, you jumped over the cliff and figured it, yeah. figured it out later. Oh shit! <laughs> figured Go. it out a few years yeah. later. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said with that. And obviously, the first time you do, you don't want to rush it. You don't want to carry unnecessary anxiety and different things in it. You want to be ready. You want to be calm, and then mm-hmm. witness and allow what uh, what the plants have to have to teach you and obviously you don't want to carry around a lot of concern about the illegality of it talk to your friends that have had the experience sit with them you know be a sitter there's a lot to be learned from that and and you can you can take a lot in i think yourself and learn a lot from that uh, by just being able to sit you know and hold space yeah so but you gotta just be able to keep your mouth shut Yes. If you're going to do that, yeah. don't be a dick and <laughs> start to talk to him about Set random, random yeah. stuff. You know, just be a sitter, observe, be mm-hmm. peaceful. You know, if you have any idea how to meditate, then that would be a good That's opportunity it. to meditate alongside him. And then, you know, when they interact with you, then you interact with them. But there's, it's important to be a good sitter or else you'll mm-hmm. be a, a sitter that doesn't sit very often <laughs> or, ever <again. laughs> or, ever, or ever again or ever again yeah because yeah. it is yeah. it is a challenge to be in those kind of spaces if you're not familiar with them so but yeah that's absolutely great advice you know find one of your friends find somebody who is experiencing that you know sit alongside them see what they're going through and i think you'll realize that most of the fears that you have um can be eased that way mm-hmm. you know i mean mm-hmm. that they 
they get to these states and they come out of them. You know, you don't need to drive yourself to the hospital if you're in them. And, and I definitely uh, don't think they're for everybody. Um, and I definitely like to say that. So that's part of that reason of knowing, you know, you'll know kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, I'm a little, I'm a little more aggressive than yeah, Mitch. Yeah, I think so. I'm a little, I'm a little more aggressive than everybody. Mitch, but, <laughs> but he's, uh, but I certainly appreciate, you know, I have to walk the fine line. I'd rather <laughs> you will very soon. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably, man. Hopefully I can hold it, hold it off for as long as possible and, and stay as aggressive as I can. But, you know, I, yeah, definitely. It, it certainly makes sense to, uh, to, you know, to be conservative, you know, I mean, there's, yep. there's time, time is on your side, you know, and mm-hmm. make sure that you're ready and, and it's uh, an experience that you want. And when you do it, you know, a great shaman and a great set and setting are, are ideal. And, uh, you know, keep learning as much as you can. Listen to the warrior poet podcast, listen to the Joe <laughs> Rogan experience, keep up with Mitch. Definitely. If you haven't seen it, sit, watch uh, DMT, the spirit molecule, Mitch, what are some of the ways that they can, uh, they can find DMT, the spirit molecule if they're not. Uh, we're on Hulu now. We've got Netflix. Um, Amazon has a DVD. You can find it on iTunes pretty much all over the place at this point. Most distribution outlets, digital distribution outlets. Um, come find us on Facebook too. Uh, it's just facebook.com slash the dot spirit dot molecule. And uh, we've got a lot of good information that's coming in and out of there all the time from different articles and research and just spiritual thoughts. So yeah. Was a good right answer. on. Well, Mitch, it's been a true pleasure, brother. I'm glad to have you on. I think this has been a very interesting conversation. Look forward, to, look forward to getting the feedback from Absolutely. it. So, uh, Hopefully we'll we'll be in touch and uh, you know yeah. get on here again sometime. I'd love to, man. <laughs> thanks again. to everybody out there, and thanks to you. Yeah. Appreciate it, Aubrey. Right on. Cheers. All right, much love, everybody. Talk to you soon.